Okay, you ready to get started? Kick a pow! I'm ready. I'm ready. You're ready. We I'm is ready. ready. Sweet. Okay. Welcome back to Lady Blurred. Things the Things blues. blues. Things the blues. We have your girl sometimes V and this is Kylie too smart. We're here on another lovely Sunday. Still COVID season. Keep those masks on. Stay mindful. Wash your hands. And also don't attack your retail workers. <laughs> oh my good. Look, I really feel for the retail workers. Just um, shout out to the woman at the local Walmart down the street from me. Like, saw this guy in electronics, no mask, asked him to put it on. Then he just wrapped his sweater around his face and she was like, I have a mask. You want a mask? Like, I can give you a mask. And he just like tried to pretend like he didn't hear her and like walk away. And I was like, you could totally tell this guy was like just gonna, as soon as she turned her back, like take that sweatshirt off. Dude. And so she like actually had to call somebody and like, come on, don't be a douche. And he ended up being followed like for the rest of his journey to the store because he was being an asshole. And I was like, man. Yeah, like I, it's not that hard. I feel like we say this every week. It's really not that hard to keep your fucking mask on. Keep it on. Save a life. I was, where was I? I tried going hiking a couple days ago. It was not successful. I was going to say, well, you tried? What happened? <laughs> well, we went 15 minutes up the path, and while we were going up the path, uh, a lot of people were not wearing their masks. Oh, God. And it was definitely not six feet distant between when you would cross by people. Mm -hmm. um, even there were also people who were attempting to wear their mask they had it wrapped around their neck <laughs> but not on their face oh my gosh and my favorite is like over the mouth but not the nose right well i'm a little guilty of that too but i've been better about it um i only put it below my nose if absolutely nobody is around see and that's fair i'm like okay but if I see somebody 30 feet in front of me, you know damn well I'm going to lift that nice piece of cloth designed to caress my face. Ooh, baby. To protect everyone around me and to protect myself. Right. And I feel like the designs are getting better. Like, the, the oh, bitches are accessorizing now. Accessorizing. <laughs> accessorizing shout out to am flow aka Alyssa, who lives out in i believe she lives out in hayward she's been hooking people up with masks so let, let me just actually look up her whole design now that we're bringing up her bringing her up impromptu yeah and i mean like my workplace just gave us all like masks with a logo and everything and it came with the little you know nose piece wire and a little like hook to attach to your like ear cords so they're not like pushing against your ears all the time. I was like, ooh. Ah, okay, that's what her handle is. Her her store is called Kitu Katu. She she sells apparel. Uh, she does custom, uh, I don't think she does embroidery, but she does custom vinyl. She does custom uh, accessories, whatever you name it. And so late recently she 
promoted her cousin's business that was selling masks and I bought a couple off of her because she's the homie. Um, yeah. They they were pretty expensive, but at the same time, it is her individual business and she's doing it for the good of people. It's, I don't know, dude. I, I just wish people would just buy masks. Anyway, so back to her business. Um, she uh, had a mask selection. I bought a teal one and a black one, and there was this nice plaid one that I bought for cash. It, it looks pretty good, and it's pretty snug around the face. Um, but yeah, of course, like I'm saying, like she has more than just masks. Like she does from hats. She has her own line called Kitukatu, like it has a cute little anime girl on the front Kitukatu. of it. Yeah. So she's been doing her thing. Um, hopefully I would love to partner with her down the line about, you know, apparel if we ever get to that point with our show. So hell yeah. Speaking of like cute apparel, um, Miniki Island, who hooked us up with all those amazing stickers, um, and like most of her profits, I can't remember what percent, it was like 25% of her profits were going back to like Black Lives Matter. She's a black creator herself. She has her masks um, now and like she just released a whole line of Animal Crossing nice. stickers, pins, Yay. and masks. They're adorable. They're so cute. So you guys should check her out. She's on Etsy, on Instagram, YouTube. It's all Maniki Island, M-A-N-E-K-I. Yeah, she had a lot of uh, Black Lives Matter stickers, which I've been rocking on my on my bags at work. I need to let people know, like, this is what it is. This is but, what it is. And luckily, I'm in a safe workplace environment where I'm allowed to be, vocalize for my stances on that because it's really important for people to know that, Hell this, yeah. that this is an ongoing fight and it's not going to end until we see some changes. Um, let's start with defunding the police, for example. That needs let's, to happen. Let's do that. Even the police just recently shot a guy in Arizona. I think his name was Ryan Walker. Uh, they came over to his house and knocked on the door super late at night. And like <sighs> when Ryan opened the door, he had a gun on him because it's late at night. He's, he's knocking <laughs> at the door. And then they shot his ass. They shot him more than three times. And they're like, he had a gun. It's like, what? That's You guys are coming to his house for noise complaints. For a ridiculous, noise ridiculous. So I think there needs some to be some reform with the police. And obviously it's not just black folk. They just, this is a white guy that they shot. It's everybody. <laughs> it's mostly black people, what you, but what also there's something wrong with the police if they, if their first thing is be like, oh, I'm going to shoot you. It's like, oh, come on, you guys it's are better trained than that. limited amount of training. They're not better trained than that. And that's the whole point. Like you guys need better training. Mm -hmm. Better training, I think. Better background checks. Better background checks. Yeah, that those psych tests, I feel, should be maybe a little more um, strenuous. I think the psych tests and then also the reinforcement of the of the community or at work, right? So whatever broisms that happen within the police academy, which I'm sure that happens because it happens in any place where you're like, oh, I'm top dog, I have all these weapons on me. You know what? who else has those broisms in their environment? The fucking military. You know the how patriarchy. I know? patriarchy. Because we both lived in Monterey and we both know from military personnel who oh were super broed up because they Extra felt powerful bro. and athletic. 
I don't know. It's just so stupid. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, Black Lives Matter, defund the police. This is always going to be a thing that we're going to say. I sound tired when I'm saying this, but I deserve to sound tired because, <laughs> because it's been going on for so long that I can't believe that we're still having to argue my argue our points with people. Like, I, I really don't fucking get it. And then, by the way, so Ryan Walker got shot, right? Mm-hmm. I saw zero white people stand up for this person saying white lives matter. So what is it really? Is it really that white lives matter or... Or you guys are just not, you guys just are very poor about taking action on where action needs to be placed. I just don't get it. I'm like, uh, like, was he wealthy? Maybe it's only like rich white lives matter. That's, uh. No, because that's not the case. It's also flyover states where you have the, because not all, okay. I actually had, I had a conversation with someone about this. So the white population that don't that doesn't feel heard in the flyover states are the ones that kind of live that are middle class or close to being poor right and they feel like that the world is against them because they they don't have like money they don't have the jobs that they're promised they don't have the um all the entitlements that they think that they're gonna have and so because they don't feel heard, like there's a lot of ignorance going on where it's like, oh, but me, but why me? So um, I can't believe I'm doing white sympathy on this podcast. Oh my God. But they're the ones that will, but regardless of like what their woes are, they don't realize that they still have better access in areas. Like they're still able to yeah. get a gun. They're still able to talk their way out of the police in most situations. Um they're still able to get a job ahead of the, the person who has more experience than them because of a friend that's helping them out. Like it's just, or even like just by walking into the door. So um, they don't, there's no perception or real perception on this. So I think, I'm not trying to say that lower class whites are, um, that they feel, I think they feel like their lives should be as concerned as as black people because they are in a situation where they feel stuck and not heard. So um, I had this conversation a lot with my one of my really close friends, her boyfriend. Um, like he grew up, you know, his family was poor. They lived kind of like in the middle of nowhere, and um, his argument has always been like, "Oh no, it shouldn't be like a race issue. It's a wealth issue." And I was like, okay, but even even though you feel like you have all these things against you where you're not starting out um, like at an even playing field as someone who has you know, both parents in the home or who has who grew up in a home or like has access to you know private school and like your skin color de facto gives you privilege and like he disagrees with me on this all the time, but um, I was like you don't understand because he's also like oh well like the police don't like me either type deal you know like or the police will judge me for like my disheveled clothing um but i'm like okay yeah but it's not like amped up to the same level as if you were black and i think on some level like you know this and i can't tell if it's just like he feels like he needs to have a space 
to express himself, even though, like, mm -hmm. bro, you literally have all the spaces. Right. <laughs> you can go talk to any anybody else who is not wealthy and will feel the same way, will feel discouraged. But, you know, you have to look outside your experience. And I think that's the issue across anything. Anytime you get any kind of, like, especially like intersectionalities, like people being like, well, that's not specifically my problem, so I don't understand it mentality. Right. right. But it's like, no, it's everybody's problem. Right. And it's very, very rare. I mean, I'm glad that the cops are kind of showing their ass with this whole shooting in general. Um, that it's very rare for somewhat for the cops to just shoot a white a white male without reasoning with him like you know we've seen the stories with like dylan roof um we've seen stories with the guy who shot up people in the uh what was it it was in the theater where batman the dark knight rises was being premiered oh yeah was that texas i think so but the those guys were taken in without being harmed, even though they were the most lethal people in the world. I think there's a weird... Actively had already committed the crime. Right. So I think... They had the potential for that violence. Yeah. yeah. So specifically for the cops, like, yeah, like, if it was a Black guy, he would have been shot immediately. Like, no fans are butts. But, like, because it was those two guys, it was like, wait, what? How come they, their lives were spared? And then you have this guy who got shot over a noise complaint. Like there was just a basic noise complaint. And what it, sh like I've gotten noise complaints before. I got in a noise complaint once. And I got lucky where they knocked on the door. I said, hey, what's up? They're like, hey, your neighbors are complaining about noise. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, I'll keep it down. They're like, we don't want to come back here again. I'm like, totally get it. And they left. And that's what how a noise complaint should be handled. It should be handled as in like, hey, blah, 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 that's it. But this guy, like, was just simply, like, opening up the door, um, and then he immediately got shot. There wasn't any, like, hey, put your gun down. There wasn't any, like, negotiation. It was just immediately just shoot him. Um, now, granted, yeah, like, that. I think that's all I have to say for that. Um, but, yeah, it sucks that that happened. Like, that shouldn't have happened. But at the same time, like, this is really reflective of the poor training of cops in general. Um, they shouldn't have immediately shot him like that. They shot, they sh I don't even think they should have guns, to be honest. Yeah. I think they should have non-lethal weapons. That's, I think that's fine. But right, I, tasers are effective, so. Tasers are effective. I think there might, there should be maybe some rendition of like a tranquilizer. Um, and even like with rubber bullets, like, it, I mean, they're harmful, but they don't, they don't hurt. They, they're not out to hurt, like, kill they're you. They're not lethal. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think cops should have any, any guns. I don't think anybody should have any, like, weapons, but it start it starts with them first. It's like, point blank. Um, but yeah, there was also some push, there was some um, heat with the NRA, how they didn't vouch for this guy. Yeah. Because he was a gun owner, so the NRA are getting comments like, how come you guys aren't saying anything about this guy? Like, he is a licensed gun owner, blah, 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 blah. And how come you're not, you're not doing anything? And NRA is just like, with, an, with a finger in their ear, like, what? Can't hear you. Not our problem. Ugh. Contradiction? What's that? 
<laughs> well, anyway, is there anything happier that happened to you? Uh, I want to know. I think that might get into the nerdiness, to be honest. Oh, boy. Yeah. Before um, we do that, can yeah. I ask you? I mean, it's kind of, she's nerdy, so like, I do, but I really want to know what your opinion is. Um, did you watch the WAP video? Oh my God! You trying yes. to get this yeah, let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about this right now. Yes, <laughs> they said oh, wet and gushy on the wet and gushy. I was like, um, I'm pretty sure this is wet ass pussy. I don't know what you're doing. We're here for the you want to hear power. the kids' bop version? It's oh, there, there's, there's some like, chores in this house. <sighs> there's I'm some dead. chores in this house. I'm so dead. What's wrong with this society? There are some songs that do not belong on kids' bops. Nope, that song is straight up about sex. There's some chores in this house. Wow. Get down in something. What a gushy. No. No. But yeah, that video was holy shit. Okay. Um, yeah, I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> um, I like. I was so sad that the video was like, you know not r-rated <laughs> oh totally i was yeah. like what is this wedding gushy and then also like i was enjoying myself having a good old ride and then kylie popped up out of nowhere the other kylie and i was like this she didn't need to be there oh oh well, let's not talk about that let's talk about all the good things about this the good things okay so things that were good um normani Mm. <laughs> Normani was in there and I'm like yes queen please you, you please twerk that little booty like <laughs> Ros Rosalia yum yum mulatto uh mm -hmm. yeah Sukiana Ruby Rose all the good things were in there I was so happy I was honestly like my first impression was just like man this song is so good this song is such a banger like just because we're in COVID, I was like, I know if this video was being made at any other time, like, it would have been, like, crazy, crazy. Mm -hmm. But because, you know, we're making it, you know, in these times of COVID, you're going to get the video, you're going to get, and it was still fire. So it I'm was still good. With yeah, what we have. it was like, basically, it was half, not even half, like, more than half of it was CGI. CGI, yeah. And it was still good. It, it had... It reminded me of Beyonce and Lady Gaga a little bit, just um, for, just because for me, of the similar me, outfits. <laughs> the outfits for me, it was like it kind of took me back to the videos I would see, like in middle school, like the two thousands. Okay. You know, like just with the the CGI, just with the stylings, I was like, okay. Yeah. I see. I see. And then everyone's already kind of doing their fantasy picks for like the remix. Like someone said, Flo Millie needs to be on the remix for this song. Mm. And everyone's like, it's Flo Millie, bitch. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see how Flo Millie can, can, you know, decorate this song as appropriately. I was su so surprised that this was getting so much like hate, though, so much flack. Oh, yeah, and it's just because of What's-Her-Face was there, and no one wanted to see her, like... No, not even the video. I'm talking about the song itself, like... Oh, really? Guys, yeah, all these guys are hating, talking about, like, I don't know, it's, like, vulgar, or it's not, like, real hip-hop, or blah, 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 and I'm, like, really? They're all Everybody virgins. was all cool when everybody was talking about Slob on My Knob, and, like, From the Windows to the Walls, 
you know, and talking about oh, what they want to do to a pussy, but women can't sing about their own pussies and like have it be fire and have you respect that shit. Like, I fuck know. Out of here. Everyone apparently <laughs> completely forgot forgotten about Khalees. Everyone's completely forgotten about Little Kim. Mm. Like what they would sing about. Come on, my neck, my back. Mm. Come on, come on, <laughs> come on. So, like, it's, like, they obviously forgotten. I think it's just the whole thing, like, niggas always want to see, like, a woman be destroyed, a powerful woman be destroyed. So they're going to do anything in their power to talk all this shit. But really, those are the niggas that don't eat box. So we're not worried about them. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm dead. They're oh, like, okay. we don't like it when our women talk about box. Well, do you eat box? Because I feel like you're missing out. Because... Oh, and then also, if they're upset about the song, obviously they've never, like, fucked a woman who's had a wet pussy. Because honestly, it's one of those things that has to happen before it actually happens. Because you can't be going into that shit dry. If anybody thinks you should be going into that shit dry, you, you're messing up somewhere. You're not making somebody comfortable. You gotta make your queen comfortable. Foreplay. You gotta make her comfortable before you go into all of that. And that's what everyone's forgetting. They're like, but what about me? I'm like, dude, you're two pumps and done. What about her? <laughs> savage. So savage. Okay. I'm tired of it. Like, it's happened to me. Like, personal experience, it's happened to me before where guys are like two pumps and done. I'm like, that's it. I'm just laying out here, like, busted wide open. I'm like, so no, that's it? No. Are we round twoing? No, no round twoing. Oh, you're tired. You're falling asleep. Ah, hell. Okay. I think I saw a video like that where she literally got up and then like grabbed her purse and then just started grabbing random things that were in the apartment. She's like, you, you owe me this shit. It's just like, and you're like, yo. Listen, I, I, I definitely, I do not condone theft, but I do condone reparations and Bro, sex reparations is a thing. <laughs> Reclaim of my time. Give me your fucking piggy bank. Give me this almond milk. I know how much almond milk costs. <laughs> oh my god. Oh dear lord. Yeah, uh, so. but, but yeah, like anybody who's hating on this song, like I just say, oh, you're a virgin and you probably don't floss your teeth. Like I'm tired of you. I bought the vinyl. It's purple. The vinyl itself is purple. Oh, shut your mouth. You bought it? I bought it, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. There was a thing where it was, like, limited time frame to, like, get the singles. It was only, like, I want to say, like, 10 bucks. Okay. And it's beautiful. It's got the cover where they're, like, back-to-back with their, like, amazing hair. Mm-hmm. They booties looking all toy-fixed. Yeah. <sighs> so Can we talk about when that comes. how, like, in that video, Cardi was just so generous with showing mm. Meg's body all all the yes like we all know about cardi's body like we've seen the shots where she's on the chair and stuff like that but like when it came to like the choreography in that green and purple room that was Mm. all meg it was all meg i'm like damn girl i didn't realize you were that thick but you're fucking thick i love her yeah she's like i just want to grill her up and eat her like seriously (laughs) guys it's okay our bi feelings came out in this podcast it's totally fine all of the feelings they're always there yeah i feel Um, like i wear all my feelings always just everywhere yeah it's fine um i'm still like look so here's the argument that's going on like everyone is hating everyone who hates 
who hates the fact that a particular Jenner was has appeared. And so there's mm -hmm. a lot of conflicting like thoughts on that. So it's like everyone hates that she's in it. Everyone hates the people that hates that that she's in it. I'm low key part of the party. Like she didn't need to be in that. <laughs> uh, I just mean you know the rest. The rest of the video was like seems that that video was definitely like a black women empowerment video, like uplifting all these other you know incredible artists, and then. I'm like, what was your contribution though? Better why? Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like I really try not to pay attention to that family. I really don't. But like, but the thing is, like, for me, it's like these are two women who literally started from bottom to top, like who are in this video. Like bottom. Like Cardi was bottom. Meg was bottom. And they both grew, right? Through like however they basically you know, navigated that scene. But like, I don't, I don't really, my whole thing is like, unless you've contributed something significant in your whole career, aside from launching your own business, like what that woman got was like all inherited. And so that's why I just don't like paying attention to that because I'm like, okay, that was all like privilege with a capital P. Like, I really don't care about For that. For me, it was more like, bro, coming right off this whole like Tory Lanez issue and I'm like that whole debacle happened while you were hanging out with that family and I'm just like maybe maybe it's, that family is just not good for people yeah the people who seem to interact with them usually like they just yeah got that bad juju yeah I think there's a lot of bad juju going on with that like regardless like I again I really do my best to not pay attention to them but the moment that i saw that i just felt like that mark phillips parody where i'm like turn this shit off just turn this shit off <laughs> just ignore it just just ignore just, just ignore it it'll go away yeah uh speaking of wap 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 i want to talk wap, about nerdy and dirty things yeah let's get nerdy and flirty flirty yeah so i want to talk about sensual massage and um, maybe give our listeners some tips. Have you um, received or given a sensual massage? Yes. Did Both. it lead to sex? Both yes. you have given and received? Yes. How'd you feel? Great. Did it change the, did it change the experience? Well, I want to know, like, did it change the experience for you? Um, I think it changed up just like the lead in, you know, just kind of like, you know, I'm not gonna <laughs> forgive my metaphor here. Oh my God. It's kind of like, <laughs> here's a oh hamburger. <laughs> here's a hamburger. <laughs> here's a hamburger. <gasps> no, listen, listen. listen. Here's a, a hamburger. If I wasn't hungry before, I'm hungry now. It's, Please continue. I know, but it's like, do I want the bun, the lettuce, the tomatoes, the condiments, the extra stuff, or do I just want the meat patty? Mm, so, condiments are a must. Yeah, so hint, hint, I don't much, need wink, wink. someone to go from like zero to 100 being like, okay, my dick's out, let's go. You know, like that's not how it works. I feel like there needs to be some lead into um, some poor nobody wants a 
dry hamburger? Is this what you're saying? Exactly. No one wants a dry <laughs> hamburger. Oh my god. Oh, so wow. uh, that's what I I kind of just just describe it as food. So like there needs to be something to kind of help you know the main part of the, what's going on needs to be dressed up so i consider like the massage part being like okay like this is where it's going this is amazing this is awesome it tastes good let's to go now we can go that was the okay. shittiest metaphor i've ever given no, <laughs> that, was, that, was the, that was the best um metaphor. it's so cringy <laughs> sorry guys this is all not, i needed go on um, so for the nerdy person, we're going to talk about like what happens when you are receiving a sensual massage or when you're giving a sensual massage. Um, so sensual just meaning like the physical touch. That's the part that I kind of was like wanted to clarify because like not all massage is sensual massage. Mm -hmm. And like I, because I'm working on my certification for massage and I do get this question a lot or like people make assumptions or like people make jokes or comments or like they want to know like oh you're doing massage like what's your boundaries can I get the happy ending like no that's not what I do central mm -hmm. massage is something between you and your partner it can lead to sex or it cannot lead to sex sometimes it's really just more about like increasing the intimacy or um, like catering to the love language that your partner has mm -hmm. if it's you know time if it's closeness if it's touching whatever it is um, so uh, the vagus nerve is really what gets activated when you're doing anything sensual your touch it's part of your um, autonomic system and it basically controls what's happening in your sympathetic nervous system so that's like your fight your flight if you're stressed um, this is why when you touch it's calming because your vagus nerve activates and you get those um, those happy feelings those love feelings that oxytocin starts flowing and mm -hmm. you like your ears are more open to what your partner's saying you're like more in tune to what's happening with their body and so these are just like some tips and tricks to get you guys in tune with one another and get that, that juju flowing so you can get that wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to make this as like unisex as possible. Like for the love of man nipples, please give them attention and love them as well. Even since, you know, they're not producing milk to the frustration of many, but they still deserve love. So all nipples, all nipples need love. Free the nipples. Free the nipple. The genderless nipple. The genderless nipple. Free them. The other thing I want to uh, point out is that I've noticed like a lot of people are uncomfortable with, <laughs> with like starting the touching sometimes or like it can be awkward and like I see the pinching a lot like when people go for the neck and i'm like don't pinch your partner's neck that's actually not comfortable um so like flat hands are really good um mm -hmm. or like the pads of your fingertips mm -hmm. making like full contact with somebody's skin instead of just the fingertips or doing like too light of a touch because then they feel like tickling unless you're into that kind of thing <laughs> Um, but like a nice, easy, even pressure is good for working like those inner thighs. 
Mm-hmm. You want to get all up in that gooch, baby? Yeah. <laughs> Those little circles, thin finger pads. Mm. Wait, Ladies so are we flat handing this? Like, <laughs> bro, you can't. So for yoni massage, a flat hand is really good. So that's when you're all up in the vagina. But a flat hand can also be good when, because if you're giving a massage to somebody's perineum, you're getting in that gooch, you're getting in that taint. A flat hand is good because you can hold the balls in the palm of your hand and then use the pads of your fingers for the base. Is there a grapefruit involved in this? Do you want there? (laughs) No, I'm joking. (laughs) Do you want there to be a grapefruit involved in this? I feel like um, that would get messy. And depending on whether or not your partner waxes or shaves, probably painful. That's the only thing I think about, like, when people are like, oh, grapefruiting me. What if that gets in your eye or like you just shave in? <laughs> or are you in the middle of using a grapefruit? You wipe your eye real quick because like it was itching. Yes, it's just terrible. <laughs> These are the things that go through my mind. Oh my uh, God. Horrendous. Um, the other thing, oh, pubic bone or the pubic crest. If anyone has ever like just put a palm there while you're doing your own thing, Ladies and gentlemen, you get your dick sucked, you get your pussy ate, a little hand up on the pubic bone, on the pubic crest, and like a little pressure. There's a pressure point there that like really relaxes your whole pelvic floor. It's great. Mm. Yeah. So if you really want that like, mm, that like warm, gushy, circulatory feeling, a little throb, throb. That's a good place to place your hand. Yeah. Throb on my knob. (laughs) You're welcome. You are welcome. Um, As a reminder, guys, WAP means worship and prayer. Oh, yes. As Mahalia Jackson will sing about later. (laughs) Worship and prayer. That's good. I, I worship and pray while I eat all day. I'm trying to think what else. Um, clavicles can be also like a really sexy zone for men and women. And also you store a lot of like stress in your chest. So if you're like rubbing your partner's chest, I personally really love that. Plus if you have chest hair, you get, you know, you run your hand up the belly, get your little chest hair, little tug tug. Mm. Or if like somebody does that with your hair, like they bring their hand up your neck the back of your head and like ah pull your hair relaxing <laughs> so yeah that's that's all i wanted to talk about i just wanted to talk about some some touching it's get you some touch in your lives it'll bring you closer don't I just think, jump in yeah this i think this is really important i think it's really important to take the time to really um explore your partner's body see what feels good to them um see what places that make them feel like they're more in the mood or what places that are that don't make them more in the mood like you'll you learn a lot of different discoveries by just taking the patience of taking things slow and giving like you know relaxing vibes right before you you do the 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 down and dirty the the do the do um yeah i think this is the aspect of sex that not a lot of people talk about because again like a lot of our culture 
especially in our early 20s, is like the hit and miss culture. Like you, you better hit it or you, it, or you don't get it at all. And so um, there's not a lot of time to take the time with somebody to really enjoy them. It's just more of like, let's just do the do and get it done and over with and see how freaky you get. Like sometimes it's, sometimes that approach is not always fun unless, you know, obviously if you're on the same page, but especially with strangers. I just thought about T.I. I'll fill your space and forget your face. I swear I will. (gasps) Uh, T.I. has nothing to say, especially after exploiting his daughter's hymen. Like, uh uh-uh. Jesus. (laughs) T.I. fucking sucks. Like, hit a whole, like, sorry-ass documentary about doing all the good in the world before going to prison. Kiss my ass, dude. I'm so tired of that fool. But, um, yeah, like, I, I think our culture and our music always talks about just like hitting it quick having like a hard personality where it actually there's a lot of softness to to make it the whole experience enjoyable yeah um but of course alas i think this is something that i feel like is really good to have with like i know for me it's like with a partner that i've that i've been seeing for a while yeah um, because you do have the time to take there isn't any weird time limit unless you guys have like previously arranged like we're breaking up in a month and that's a little weird but anyway (laughs) uh yeah i like these tips kylie i love these thank you thanks you're welcome so let's get into i kind of don't want to talk about this because it's a little triggering for me like just like the abusive workplace thing with that elegant degenerates is under fire for well we can skip it and go straight to quack quack we could i'll just say a couple of things sure uh, just a couple of things about it so i have had the experience of being in an abusive workplace i think we've all had that experience but what i really like about this whole ellen degenerates thing is like now it's coming out in the media that the bullying, the intimidation, the the um, the mishaps with HR, the mishaps of mistreating people who are working really hard and are not getting their deserved raises, or people who are trying to take better care of themselves. So, for example, there's been reports of of individuals who will leave for a month because of some mental health issues, but they have the time in their, in their um, time off or their vacation pay to do that. Yet, um, what the job will do behind their back is when they come back that they eliminate their position. Yeah. So, um, and so anyway, I think what I really like about all this coming, coming to the light is that now places that have had history of an abusive workplace need to be really careful because now people are feeling a little bit more empowered to say something about it. I didn't have the opportunity to address the things I could have addressed in my workplaces because I felt alone. Every time I would talk to somebody about it, they would brush it off. Um, Everyone would say like, no, that's not quite it. But it was like this woman that I worked with like yelled at me from across the room because I wasn't allowed to use the company card for a, for a procedure we were supposed to get done by the end of the month. Like, screamed and yelled at me. Um, 
and then also uh, snapped at me and isolated me and just did all these like really nasty things to me to make me feel lesser than. And the reason why she wasn't under fire is because she was um, bringing in a lot of money to the company, even though it was a private school. Yeah. And so what also sucked is for a while, it was just me and her as the administrative team. So that's when she let all of her abuse out. And like, I didn't have anybody to protect me or help me or vouch for me. Um, now I'm in a, obviously I'm in a better place. Like I have a boss that is awesome. Like he rocks, like he totally hears me out. He listens and he's very professional. Um, whereas this lady, she would just talk shit, talk shit about teachers, talk shit about kids, talk shit about parents. But once the parents would walk into the room, like she would just turn around and say, Hey, thank you. Oh my God. So yes. So it was one of those things where like she would let a lot of steam off on me and the, I didn't feel protected because there was no one else who was in the administrative team because the HQ of that place was located in SoCal. So it was like one of those things, well, do you have proof? I'm like, I don't have proof. I can't take video on the job. Like I can only document things. And when I documented things, it was such in a messy, messy way that that I, well, I didn't know if I was taking seriously. Hard. Yeah, because when you do your own documentation, then, you know, somebody could easily just be like, oh, well, like, that's just your perception, or turn it around, and then you face retaliation for speaking up. Right, and so, with that being said, um, yeah, like, I quit and all that stuff, and I had to go into another job that was, uh, it was, it was just weird. It was also just a little abusive too because it was very micromanagey. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things like now employers or those who are in management need to be careful about how they they work with the the people who are supposed to support them. You know, um, like I should have I literally should have sued that lady. I should have like went to legal, but like because it wasn't racial discrimination um and it wasn't um sexual harassment that it's really hard to sue people for intimidation and bullying um so yeah like i'm still a little fucked up over it um but every day it gets a little better um but this also calls for like an generous like she's not hr she's just the face of this whole company but regardless if she's the face of the company, she has responsibility and accountability to fix these issues, or she should have fixed these issues. I can understand for being the face of the company that you're showing all these microaggressions towards people, like you don't talk, like, for example, like if she walks in the room and you've been instructed to not talk to her, it's probably because she's busy. It, it, she probably has people pulling her to the side, trying to do a, a quick scam or do like a quick offer or try to negotiate something with her all the time because she's famous. Totally yeah. get it. But there's also the other side to it where it's like, if you don't have a good human resources, um, a good human resources setup, all your managers are crummy to everybody. And then also if somebody in the workplace is like saying like, hey, I feel uncomfortable and like everyone dismisses it, like that doesn't, that's all toxicity right there. Yeah, and then it's especially um, difficult 
because Ellen has a public persona of being like so kind and so like gentle and soft and like giggly and bubbly and like sh her show's supposed to be like that place. She's trying, I think she's trying to be the next Mr. Rogers, you know, it's a, uh, she's Dory, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Yeah, and... like, she does have this happy persona. She was also, like, one of the first lesbians to have a live talk show, like, out, yeah, so like, she, an out lesbian. She's got some, uh, publicity issues there that come into play as well when you have something like this that comes out. Yeah, because so, she's supposed to be the ally, you know, she's supposed to be the one that's on the side and understands right. the plight of the little people. Exactly. Um, I 100% I agree. But then, but yeah, just really think of like the infrastructure of your whole company in a whole, like, yeah, like, sure, everything's all happiness and rainbows, no pun intended, to the screen, but <laughs> like, you really need to take care of your back end. It's so important because... Yeah. You can't have such a high turnover rate of employees and think that that's stable. Like it's not. Um, and so anyway, I, I, I hope those people feel empowered and I hope other companies feel like scared that their employees will go against them if these are things that are present in the workplace. You know, it starts with people like, for example, like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this would happen, but if people at Walmart, like if all employees of Walmart across America just stopped working at Walmart, like no one opened up the store and they just stopped for a week, Walmart HQ is going to freak out and be like, what the fuck is going on? When they get the, them unions together. Right. And so um, that's the whole thing is like, okay, like no one's working here, what's going on? And they have to find the underlying issues and they're like, well, they're easily replaceable anyway. But no, like, it's so hard to retrain. It's so hard to keep things stable. Things will get stolen. Like, you have to... <sighs> Sigh. <laughs> People have so much power, and we don't realize, like, how to use it sometimes. Yeah. Nobody... My thing is that nobody... Nobody is truly expendable. This idea, I think, it's, like, such a capitalist idea to think that a human being is expendable. Like, nobody... Um, can just be replaced. You know, you have skills as a person, you have worth as a person, the energy you bring, like you're, you're worthy and you deserve to be treated well. Yeah. So don't take no shit wherever you're at. Don't take no shit. Um, so you wanted to talk about this weird doctor lady. Oh my God. That, that our lovely, what's his name? person Orange in face. office yeah that guy that guy dr stella emmanuel yes i wanted to, <laughs> to talk about her um for just a brief moment um and like really this is like a cautionary tale and I, it, like it makes me sad it makes me very sad on a lot of levels actually um but i know like because we've discussed um like how race is viewed in America versus the experience that they have in Africa. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked about like Samboism. We talked about, you know, playing to the Republican side, being bought for money. Like we've talked about this. And this woman kind of like culminates. Um, she's like the perfect storm 
of everything that is just all bad. It's all bad. Um, she is um, from Cameroon. So she's Cameroon American. Mm-hmm. She got her medical degree in Nigeria and she has a private practice in Texas. She's also a pastor and an author and she has brought um, a lot of the like ideologies mixed with um, faith from Africa. Faith and medicine there um, have a really interesting relationship and she has brought that to her practice in the United States. Um, going so far as to like state that she believes that you know gynecological issues that women face in America like cysts and mm-hmm. like PCOS is really due to um, like impure thoughts or like having um, astral projected yourself into a sexual situation with demons. Oh my god and witches and um basically be like you deserved it which is problematic it's problematic um on a lot of different levels um she went on television she was with the was it the doctors for america trump had put together a thing and it was supposed to be like all the doctors discussing covid and it was like paid for by the tea party and um it was basically just a a shit show of fake science you know doctors being like oh you don't need to wear a mask this woman went on television and said that people don't need to wear a mask because uh covid is curable which is not true um she went on and then there's there's been like other videos of her like being at her actual practice, like asking people to wear masks. So it's like, um, are you just doing this because you're being paid? Um, or is this what you like, really believe? Like there are tweets of her like trying to be buddy buddy with Trump. Um, she went and was saying that like the hydroxychloroquine yeah. was a cure and it's not. Um, the World Health Organization um, did many studies, but they found that it did not do anything to decrease the morbidity rate. So they're not using that as a treatment, preventative or otherwise, for COVID. And it's one of those drugs, it's for people who um, have like autoimmune issues. Mm-hmm. So if you're on lupus, you, you have arthritis, Um, this can be a life-saving drug for you. And so for people to like use up those resources for COVID, it is ridiculous. It's expensive. Even FDA Um, like cautions the use of it. Uh, They said, if you are not experiencing anything for like, if you're not using it to prevent malaria, lupus, or uh, rheumatoid arthritis, you can develop heart issues down the line. Or go blind. Like it's a serious medication. So yes, please, 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 please um, do your research. I know a lot of people are like, oh, she's a doctor. I'm like, yeah, but you got to look at um, where she's coming from. Not saying that, you know, there don't have good physicians in Nigeria. I'm not saying that, but you have to know, like, there are some cultural ramifications for choosing a physician that, you know, is going to be putting in these other beliefs that we 
don't necessarily follow here. Yeah. Or shouldn't be followed there either, really. If uh, medicine and religion need to be separate. It's interesting how he picked a black woman to spew all this nonsense. Yes, this is why I was like, she's kind of checks off like a lot of boxes of things that are not quite right. Yeah, <sighs> it's like he purposely chose her to say like, she's black, she's credible. I'm like, oh no, oh no. And she's a black woman. Like, don't you guys want your black women to be more powerful? It's like, no, like. I'm like, she's also an author and like, this is a major publicity stunt. You know, she's also like a pastor. Her church makes money. Like this, there's a lot of red flags. From Stella to to Herman Cain to God damn it! Like I just, uh, I just, I, I'm done. I just, uh, this podcast is over. Good night, guys. Oh no. <laughs> I just can't believe, like, she's just quacking around about, like, some nonsense. Like, I bet you anything that they're giving her all this money and, like, the wrong people are listening to her. Like, I don't want... And people who are going after this hydroxychloroquine to think, like, it's gonna help them protect themselves from COVID. Like, just wear your fucking mask. Don't take that shit. Yes, please. Um, God. Like, there's A, people that, like, really need it and B, um, let's not, the pharmaceutical companies here in the United States don't need any more buying power. They really don't. Right. So we're just going to nip that in the bud. Can we talk about some wins with Black women, though? Can we talk about Danielle Brooks? Yes. Oh, okay, so if you guys don't know who Danielle Brooks is, if you've never watched Orange is the New Black, um, I don't know where you've been. She's tasty. <laughs> I love her. She is a classy ass woman. Okay. I live for her Instagram. All her pregnancy photos, like she's everything pure and good and uplifting. Yeah, she's just she's just a but like a beautiful she's just a beautiful bundle of joy. Like from her workout videos to like you said, her pregnancy pictures. Like she's just always glowing. Like, she's really showed the world, like, yeah, sure, like, I'm tasty from uh, Orange is the New Black, and I look like I'm from prison, because that's the character she's playing, but then she, like, really glammed the fuck up in her Instagram. Black woman in real life looking good as fuck, like, what? Don't get it twisted. Do not get that shit twisted. No, she looks so good. And so, I guess, did you already say this? Is she, what's she doing again? She's going to be, oh, I'm so happy. She's going to be um, playing Mahalia Jackson. So oh. Mahalia Jackson, yeah. Mahalia Jackson is iconic, queen of gospel. Um, I know what, it's 2020, and she was singing in the 1920s. And, you know, maybe some of our listeners aren't really listening to gospel. But your grandparents would be proud if you dropped this name. I'm just telling you. This will get you them extra goodie bucks. Okay, regardless of what gospel is derived from, it's so powerful. That music has to be the most powerful music I've ever listened to in my life. Beautiful. Like, I... Beautiful, beautiful. Like, I used to love going to church services as a kid because of the gospel choir. Just for that. uh, My brother and I, I swear to Bob, like, that was our favorite part of going to Black church (laughs) 
going to black church. And let's be specific, yeah, to black church. To black going, church. Yes, to black church. And I mean, she did face a lot of backlash for bringing like quote unquote jazz into church because a lot of white people were like, what the fuck is this? For clapping and stomping and like being um, exuberant and joyful and expressing her love for the Lord. Like that was her message. She had that soul. And a lot of people, I mean, you got to think, this is the 1920s, didn't know how to take that or were staunchly against it. Uh, she was also an amazing activist. She um, met Martin Luther King and actually raised money. She went down um, when people were doing the bus boycotts. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, so she was there, front lines, singing, raising money. Um, being an actual activist, traveling the world. And this was major, major, not just because um, she was a woman, uh, she's a black woman, she's singing, she became world, you know, world renowned. She played um, Carnegie Hall. She was the first gospel singer to grace mm -hmm. the halls of Carnegie Hall in 1950. Um, she is um, an iconic piece of black history just amazing woman please 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 like youtube her like you will feel it from the top of your head to the tips of your toes um her song how i got over she sang that at the march on washington mm -hmm. right before dr king did his famous i have a dream speech like she gives me all the feels she's incredible she's beautiful big bodied soul woman like I dream, I dream a dream to be a little slice of her power like, and her grace. I want it. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, right now, so her, sorry, go, go ahead. No, please. Um, so I'm just, I'm so excited that her movie is coming out because like I said, you know, her career was, for a lot of us, it seems like it's so far away. Mm -hmm. um, but she's still relevant today. And I'm so excited that not only are we getting her movie, but that we're getting somebody appropriate to represent her. She's not getting some, you know, skinny, light-skinned woman, not to be a colorist, but it is oh, an no. issue in our we're... community where we have, like, <laughs> like the whole Nina Simone issue. Oh, yeah, you know we're, I mean? like, yeah we're definitely not going to do that. We're we got a light-skinned woman and we just like gave her a fake nose and a, and a darker tan and like did her makeup to make her look like a darker woman like no the representation is there is real mm -hmm. so i'm yeah i'm so excited i cannot wait yeah it looks like it's gonna be on lifetime i believe lifetime baby yeah it's gonna be a biopic on lifetime so Get your, get your stations up, guys. <laughs> I wish they would have actually made this a little bit more available, but I'll probably try to find it somewhere on YouTube because I don't have cable. Yeah. TBH. Oh, I guess it's going to be like one in a series of four with uh, Kenny Leon directing. So he did a whole deal with Lifetime, so. I see, I see. Yeah. Oh, and awesome. I also didn't know that um, she did Broadway's The Color Purple. I'm so impressed with her. 
Yeah, she just comes out with more stuff. She's like, oh yeah, hey, by the way, this was my build up before my next book, my Netflix break. <laughs> just right? Heads up. Incredible. Uh, <laughs> speaking of some other things of Black history, I wanted to kind of send my sincerest condolences to Helen Jones Woods' family. Helen Jones Woods uh, was a jazz trombonist, um, basically known for her international sweethearts of rhythm. She was in that group. And then she was also inducted into the Omaha Black Music Hall of Fame in 2007. Um, so she just recently passed away due to complications of COVID, but she was in her 90s. So I, I'm not trying to say like, oh, well, I mean, but I mean, she lived a, she lives a long, full life. <laughs> yeah, she lived a long, full life. And it's just unfortunate that, that COVID was the thing that got her. Yeah. Um, so she was born in Mississippi, um, and she was born as an orphan. Um, her parents were not there. And so apparently, um, when she was adopted, before she was adopted, she was recognized as being, uh, black. She's very light skinned. So like, like she was kind of ambiguously black. <laughs> well, I think a lot of like the popular singers and musicians from that day, like, you, there was that huge stigma where you kind of had to be like passing or at least semi. Yeah. No, this is true. Um, so like she was uh, adopted by uh, Professor Lawrence Clifton Jones, uh, the founder and director of the Piney Woods County Life School um, and his wife. So um, basically when she became four, she enjoyed music. That's when like music kind of piqued her interest. Um, and then when she was attending the Piney Woods campus, that the school that her uh, that her dad was uh, the director of, she became the member of her school's uh, traveling and fundraising band called the Cotton Blossom Singers. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Continue. I'm sorry. I mean, this was like nineteen like. 30s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was pretty back there. So real. Yeah. Um, so she, she basically played uh, trombone. Uh, she said that when she found her love for trombone that at first her dad wanted her to play violin, but she didn't want something to hold up against her chin all day. And she also felt that playing trombone would require less discipline because <laughs> violin is also considered an instrument where a lot of tuning is required but also there's a lot of tuning that's required with trombone so i don't understand what the issue was here classism in the music world strings versus brass yeah and brass for women is not a common thing so i'm surprised that she she defaulted to trombone instead of violin um but good for her i mean i love it team trombone here <laughs> so uh, she also joined this other group uh, a little bit later in school called the Swinging Rays of Rhythm, which was another all-girl band uh, led by her music teacher, I believe, Consuela Carter. Uh, the band actually toured throughout, Easter, throughout the east side of the United States uh, to raise money for her school, though unfortunately I don't know if she actually graduated school because um, since she was doing so much touring, um, there was some complications with her actually graduating. So, you know, I think she, I think she did because later in her life, um, I believe she was also a nurse. So I know she had like some official schooling. Yeah. So, um, I feel like they were loosey goosey back in the day a little yeah. bit. 
Yeah, and I think it's just also like with the limited education for the black population too. I mean, think about yeah. it. Yeah. Um so let's see. She relocated to Virginia, um, where her band was renamed to the International Sweethearts of Rhythm, um, mm-hmm. due to the diverse and diverse racial and ethnic composition of its members. Uh, the members of the band were not just Black, but there was Asian, Mexican, Native American, and as well as white girls, ranging from the ages of 14 to 19 years old. So they were pretty young when they were doing this. Snap, snap. Yeah. Um, the, the band had a huge, had a high turnover rate, uh, but it always attracted a lot of talented musicians, which is a good thing. Um, let's see. So she did a lot of touring and I think one of her biggest, um, accomplishments is that the band did headline, uh, at the Apollo Theater and as well as Washington DC's Howard Theater, uh, where, uh, the box office record was 35,000 patrons in a single week. Um, And then also as a member of the band, uh, I believe uh, our girl, Helen, she was also um, invited to uh, tour with the United Services organizations during World War II, uh, traveling to France and Germany. Um, So basically what, what was going on, like I think a lot of her touring kind of weighed on her. Um, Mm -hmm. So she kind of settled down at some point to stop the touring and then she finally said, okay, I think it's time for me to actually find a real job because all the money that she wasn't really making a lot of money as a artist. Yeah, not only that, but you have to think um, World War II, this is like Jim Crow laws were in effect. Mm -hmm. And um, like this like one of the things that I had read that really like stuck out to me was that some of the white musicians actually had to don blackface to play with them in certain areas because they didn't allow mixed race bands. Like how wow. insane is that? Yeah. I've never oh. heard of that. Yeah. I've never heard of that. That's so fucking insane. Yeah. It was um, alto saxophonist Roz Cron and other white musicians joined the Sweethearts during World War II. And this was like Crone herself was actually um, relaying this, saying that the South prohibited performances by mixed race groups. So the pianist and the band leader, um, Earl Hines, uh, later like formed their own thing called the Freedom Riders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, was like, oh yeah, it's like one of the only acceptable forms of blackface. So white oh, people no. wearing blackface so they can play with their other members insane how far we've come and how far we have yet to go <sighs> no no uh that's really sad to hear but i didn't realize that what was going on that's something i should probably look more into um so yeah she um kind of spent the rest of her days as a practical nurse um retiring in 1970s uh she got also married to a man named william um, who was an accountant, so she kind of had slowed down her days after her crazy touring days of raising money for her school and making a name for herself. So kudos to her, another woman trombonist. Snap. Um, I'm glad that she has had the legacy that she's had. Um, but yeah, I think those are some good things to kind of say about her. Questions, Kylie? 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm like, uh, uh, we can keep I going. Always, Sorry, go ahead. No, I really like, I didn't know much about her before um, you had brought this to my attention. So like, I was just kind of um, amazed at like the things that these women accomplish in their lifetimes. And it really makes me think back on like my grandmother and it makes me realize like there's so much about her life that I didn't really know because when you're little like that's those aren't the types of things that you talk to your grandparents about yeah and I'm like I really wish I did because I'm sure like she was doing incredible things things that I like wouldn't even think of like going international or just little hassles that you well not little like major life confronting issues that she faced in her day and um yeah so it just makes me appreciative people go talk to your grandparents um they're a wealth of knowledge if you have the privilege to have them in your life yeah this Mm. is true um so in other things like nerdy news the umbrella academy season two came out i just finished it (laughs) how was it i have not watched yet but i want to know oh such a huge plot twist at the end i mean there was, like, so right now they're kind of stuck in, like, a really awkward time uh, where everyone gets sent back to the 1960s. Oh, oh no! Yeah, so <laughs> not only that, it's, like, right before uh, J.F. Kennedy's, uh, or John F. Kennedy's assassination, but there's also, like, there's race riots going on, and um, not only that they're stuck in time, but, like, they can't find each other because each sibling got stuck in a specific time. So, like, one sibling got stuck in 1960, one sibling got stuck in 1961, another sibling got stuck in 1962, another one 1963. So they're all, like, staggered between the three years. Um, And so I was... I wasn't fully engaged to the whole thing, but there was such a huge plot twist at the end that I'm like, no fucking way. So I don't want to spoil it, but let's just say there's one person, not spoiling who it is, who has all the powers that the siblings have. Ooh. That's revealed at the end of the se- at the end of the season. Bum, bum, uh, bum. Yeah, and so and they're all trying to figure out how to get back, even though one sibling makes a new life for herself and another sibling like makes a whole new life for himself that he wants to leave and so it's just a huge hot mess because all the siblings are just big messes Um, that's so funny i'm watching the magicians so that's like ooh, time travel we're both kind of watching time travely shows but how funny that we have like mahalia jackson and helen with jones and we're talking about a show where <laughs> these kids get sent back to the 60s. Like, what? Yeah, they all got sent, sent back to the 60s, and they're in Dallas, Texas. So, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's real. I'm going to nope um, on out of there. Some, some other nerdy news, uh, which, which is a huge accomplishment. Uh, Naya DaCosta, uh, the director for Candyman, who she worked with Jordan Peele with, yes. she is going to be directing... She's going to be directing the next sequel in uh, Captain Marvel, which is going to be awesome. Exciting. Um, Yeah, it's the first time a Black woman has ever directed a Marvel movie. Say that shit. Yeah, suck it, Michael Bay. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't even think Michael Bay has even directed a Marvel movie, to be honest. I would Google, like, dear Michael Bay, have you directed a Marvel movie? Yeah, he he hasn't. Um, but yeah, I I'm really glad to see that she's she's only 30 years old, so she's pretty young. Um, she's from Harlem, New York, and um, right now I think this is kind of like the third major movie that she is has is directing. So kudos to her, and I'm really happy to see what she will bring out in this in the next Captain Marvel movie. I really enjoyed the first one, so I only expect greatness for this next one. Yeah. Um, a new video game was just released uh, that Cash and I actually spent time during this weekend playing. It's called Fall Guys. It's fucking adorable. Is um, it? Yeah. So <laughs> Fall Guys, you're you're like a little jelly bean person, and you're like grouped up with a bunch of little jelly bean people, and you have to do like obstacle courses, and you have to get to the end before you're eliminated. And so it's really dorky and it's really cute. It's super colorful and like, and, and, but the, the game is really hard. Um, anything that hits you, you're really sensitive. So you can be knocked off of the, the, uh, the obstacle course. You can be pushed back all the way from where you started. Um, but you get to dress up as like a little, a little baseball man or a little reptar or a little, like, a, like you can customize oh. your, yourself. So you're, you're just basically like the cuter version of minions. Oh my God. <laughs> that is adorable. Yeah. So that game um, was just released. It's been on, uh, it's been tested, not tested, but it's been demoed at a different conventions such as PAX. Um, but it's now released on uh, the PS4 and Steam. So if you're an online player, it's 20 bucko um, to play the game and you get to play with all these other people. Um, I think it's really good to play this game, especially if you're just trying to decompress from any games that are like, that require a lot of brain power. Um, so um, yeah, I really recommend that game. It's really fun. Um, and I then, had a nerdy question yeah. before we go on because it's like a burning question I really need to know. Sure. Are you a Doctor Who fan? No. <gasps> I didn't get all. I didn't get into Doctor Who at all, no. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're gonna have to fix that immediately. But yes, I, was I gonna... know that one of the new Doctor Who's is a woman. Oh, oh my god. And then the, the companion <laughs> before like Doctor Who is so great. The companion before her was like this amazing black woman. Yes, Doctor Who winning 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 um i bring it up only because uh it was just released that christopher eccleston who played the ninth doctor it's like if you're only um aware of the newer doctor who series then he would have been like your first doctor and quotes but he's not the first uh, but he's returning to the series after 15 years wah, 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 wah. they're releasing Yay. a whole audiobook and he's reprising his character so I am like geeky about it. I'm so excited um so yeah we're gonna have to explore some Doctor Who stuff Carry yeah on. I just I just <laughs> haven't gotten into it because it it's one of those shows that have lasted for such a long time like before I was born that I did it's already it was already it was already hard enough for me to get into Star Trek knowing that Doctor Who existed I'm like I can't get into this I only know that David Tennant as a doctor, I know like there's a big deal with the ninth doctor and that this recent doctor is now a woman. So um, 
and I think it's really cool, but my, my mental capacity right now is like, how much more stuff do I need to slam into my brain right now? You need it. You need it at least like for the modern half of this, I'll say modern half of the series. Like I totally understand not having the um, patience for the white series or for like the strange um, BBC noises or like the crazy costumes mm -hmm. um but yeah it's definitely worth a watch for sure at okay. least speaking of things that carry on for a long time uh so <laughs> inuyasha has a sequel series coming out and i'm losing no. my mind i'm losing my mind because i thought i was done after 600 episodes i thought i was done you're never done. I'm never done. Uh, plus the, I think, what, three movies that came out on top of that. Uh, so Yasha Hime, Princess Half Demon. Um, there's already a trailer out for the, for the show. Um, you see some characters that have very likenesses of the old other character, like this girl in like a red suit who looks like Inuyasha. So I'm assuming that's probably Inuyasha's kiddo. I'm like, uh, ooh, who's your daddy? Yeah, and then, and there's like another character that kind of looks like Shishamaru, um, and then another character that looks like Moroku and Songo. So I'm excited because I'm like, okay, uh, me, I've written fan fictions about this, like, oh my god, and you all the middle kids. school feels, yeah, yeah, all the middle school <laughs> feelings of writing fan fictions about this, and so I'm like, okay, I cannot wait till this comes out because my my wee bass is going to sit down and watch it um and then i'm gonna catch all the little references being like i know that i know that so i oh, i can't wait but also <laughs> like i'm so mad that they're continuing it like i was happy where they left it off <laughs> to be honest um so that i don't know when it will come out i know there's a couple of trailers out right now um so i would assume that maybe the first season of this might might happen maybe around I'm gonna assume maybe within the next year I think is what's gonna happen um and then lastly um Final Fantasy 7 the game I've been grinding on for the last like what feels like five months but since April okay. uh has come out with some new DLC pack accessories um so there's like a material orb, a Don Corneo amulet, uh, Shinra bangle. I tried them out. They were kind of garbo. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like them at all. Um, I thought maybe like if I were to wear the Don Corneo like amulet, it would transform their clothes into oh, like the gaudy, into <gasps> the gaudy clothes that he has in his mansion. And I'm like, man, I can't wait. But no, they don't really do much. Um, I tried looking on IGN to see if they unlock anything special, but I haven't seen anything yet. So maybe these amulets do something special later, or maybe they'll do something special later for when the new game comes out. Um, I was going to say, you have to buy another pack for, to activate your amulet. I know, right? But they were free, so they were free to download. Oh, well, um, that's why they were free, because now you have to pay to use them. <laughs> yeah, right? So lastly, um, Big Move Monday is gonna go to Rocky Tirade. What, Again, three-time Big Move Monday champ goes to Rocky Tirade. Uh, he recently got arrested uh, for protesting. 
He stays in them streets. Yeah, he stays in those streets. Man, I'm so proud of him. I'm not proud of him that he got arrested, but I'm proud that he's keeping the ship going. You know, like he has been protesting since since like March, what feels like. Yeah. And it's now, it's fucking August. It's now August. So he's been keeping the, he's been keeping the train going and he's not stopping. Like he's, he understands the importance of the message. So like, you know, solidarity. 30 years from now, 30 years from now, people are going to be talking about the civil activists back in the day and it's going to be like Rocky tirade. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's not going to be. The riots of 2020, (laughs) Rocky tirade and the riots of 2020. If he doesn't make an album, shit. He has so he has a few albums out though. He has like the the album called The Dichotomy of Dark and Tirade, and as well as um, uh, Outbreak, his Outbreak EP. So like no specifically, it needs to be the riots of twenty (laughs) twenty. Okay, it needs to be the riots of twenty twenty, the Rocky riots of twenty twenty. Yes, please. Oh uh, my god, please, sir. We're making requests here. Yes, we are. Please, Please, sir. Please, sir, can we have some more rhymes? Can we have some more? <laughs> now that he's done his, his time. Yeah. That's crazy. I hope um, that he got support and, um, you know, didn't suffer too much. No, I think he was only there overnight. Um, luckily enough, uh, I, I think maybe, I don't know if someone bailed him out, but a lot of people were like, free Rocky in, in the Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona area. So uh, he got a lot of support, and he's back on the streets. I think a conspiracy, and I'm just pick, I'm picking fun because Rocky and I are friends. But <laughs> there was a video of him roasting the shit out of a cop, calling him. No. Off. Yeah, it Jesus was. This is live, man. <laughs> so like, he, the cop was bald. He was balding, and oh, he called man. him Officer Bosley. <laughs> no. <laughs> he started calling him Officer Bosley, and I was fucking dead i'm like you're gonna get yourself in trouble like stop that shit and so like he was just taunting the cops like so far he's been really civil but like then he's like nah fuck it's gotten to the name calling part of the protest like he does it's like he's been out there every single day and he's like i don't go fuck anymore officer bosley (laughs) oh no 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 and they think officer bosley hated him so much that that he probably got him. I think, but that's my conspiracy. I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> to be honest, I think he got, I think he got snatched up because uh, he is basically there all the he, time. He's there all the time and he's leading, he's leading a protest. So because he's the leader, you know. They're like, oh, he's causing civil unrest. How dare he? Yeah. Also, my favorite thing that he just recently said is that WAP stands for Woke African People. Yeah! And I'm like, you shut your mouth! (laughs) You're gonna have people saying that in the streets? (laughs) People are gonna be screaming WAP, WAP, WAP in the streets! WAP! I'm fucking done. You down for WAP? Yeah, you know me! Yeah, right? Hell yeah. Oh my god. Are you I'm down for woke it. African people? Oh no. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, we're going to take, so for those who are listening, we're going to take a break from our regular show. Um, our next show, we're actually going to focus on a special. We're so gonna, excited. 
yeah, we're going to do um, kind of a Dragon Ball Z cipher review episode where we review all the Dragon Ball Z ciphers and rhymes that have been released within the last five. I'm going to say five years to be on the safe side in case I can't find enough content, but I'm sure there's been things that I was were like, say, released in I the last three. I feel like there's going to be a lot of content. Yeah, so uh, we're going to just like bring up a list of our maybe top 10 favorites and talk about them and talk about the artists and see the reasons why we like them and then maybe claim a reigning champ. Ooh. A yeah. crown. A crown for your head. So yeah, I think that will be really fun to do for next week, just to kind of take a break from the regular show. But anyway, uh, thank you. Thanks again for listening to Lady Blurred Sing the Blues. This is your girl, Sometimes V and Kathy Too Smart. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.